This is episode number 104 with Fred Simoes. Welcome to Transform Talks, the only podcast that cuts straight through the hype and noise on supply chain transformation. I'm Maria Villablanca, the CEO and co-founder of the Future Insights Network. Join me as I uncover the stories and delve deeper into the topics that really matter to you. Convincing a finance leader to undergo a major transformation can be challenging for anyone. In this episode, I'm lucky to be joined by Fred Simoes, the CFO of Customer and Technology Solutions at Novartis, to discuss how supply chain and finance can collaborate to foster innovation and fast-track enterprise-wide transformation. Fred provides a CFO perspective on how to pitch transformations to finance leaders and why talking money when pitching a sustainability agenda is a big mistake. Fred has dedicated over 15 years to Novartis, one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. After holding numerous leadership positions in the company, in 2019, Fred became the global CFO of the Business Services Division, a 12,000-plus people organization which is responsible for the provision of IT, real estate, HR, accounting, procurement, commercial, and medical services across 70 countries. Before joining Novartis in 2005, Fred also spent eight years at GE, which is where his career in finance began. In this conversation, we're going to tap into Fred's passions, which lie in partnering with business leaders to deliver strategy and profitable growth and leading large-scale transformations. I'm really looking forward to speaking with Fred about a number of topics, but specifically on how supply chain leaders can work with the finance function to drive transformation and innovation. So let's get started. Fred, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, uh, Maria. So Fred, why don't, you know, before we get started, I'd love it if you just tell the audience a little bit more about yourself and, you know, your experience so far. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so I'll start by saying I'm a very uh, faithful guy. I only ever worked for two companies in my life, uh, but moved a lot. I spent about 10 years at uh, General Electric, uh, mostly in finance roles, and then now close to 16 at Novartis, um, about half in country roles and half in uh, headquarter roles. Uh, again, uh, mostly in, in finance with the, a few stints on the, on the business side as well. Okay. Well, you know, I am really very excited about this podcast, Fred, because for the first time in our podcast history, because we focus on supply chain, we're interviewing mm -hmm. a finance leader. Well, now, this being is, excited about finance is quite I am excited about. <laughs> I, I am excited about finance because, you know, it depends on who you talk to. You could argue that to some degree, finance is the greatest ally of supply chain or perhaps its worst enemy. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and I think the things that you and I are going to cover in today's podcast, we're going to talk about this relationship, you know, and the mm -hmm. opportunities that can emerge from this to drive growth, innovation, transformation, etc. Um, so I want to talk also about the, the challenges, you know, in, in terms of collaborating between okay. these two departments and, and, and how we can find that value. So first of all, I want to thank you for being here and thank you for talking to us about this. Now, as I mentioned, our audience is very much supply chain, procurement, digital transformation leaders. What collaboration opportunities do you think you see between these functions in finance? Well, first of all, in, uh, in conjunction, uh, these three functions underpin most of the operational activities in a, in a company, right? So there's plenty of opportunities for, for collaboration. But I have to say for me personally, there's, uh, there's three of them that uh, really excite me. Um, the first one as a CFO could not start by saying productivity. Um, the second one is all of the sustainability agenda. 
And then the third one, maybe less expected, is uh, how we build ecosystems together to solve some of the problems we're confronted with as as a corporation. And maybe if I say a few words, I think productivity is the most obvious, uh, the most yeah. obvious one. Uh, but what I do see is that when we come together as uh, three functions, for example, between uh, supply chain, procurement, and finance, we can actually uh, better influence behaviors uh, of our business partners uh, in the organization and actually change and really embed change and transform versus just driving initiatives, projects, and tracking productivity, for example. Mm-hmm. Sustainability also, uh, same thing, also clear need for the three functions to come together when you think about um, how we, uh, many companies have made commitments around achieving carbon neutrality yeah. uh, uh, relatively soon, actually, if you, if you, if you think about yeah. it, cannot be done without um, uh, supply chain, obviously, uh, contributing, cannot be done without procurement, uh, looking at uh, the partners we work with, it cannot be done without uh, finding sources of funding for the investments required to get there. Um, and then maybe uh, the one that I'm most excited about actually is, is building ecosystems. If you think about it, again, uh, supply chain and procurement connect corporations to the external world. Yeah. And um, I mean, if you think about uh, what we saw during the, the pandemic and how um, public private sector came together uh, to solve uh, the, uh, the uh, COVID crisis, uh, you see the power of collaboration. And I think, again, the three functions coming together to build ecosystems to solve some of the uh, most pressing problems uh, of cooperation, in particular in my sector in healthcare, is really, really critical. Okay, so if, if it's this exciting, if collaboration opportunities are, you know, so exciting, then w- why don't they always work? What gets in the way of, of this collaboration? General, and, it, and it's not only you know, the CFO. <laughs> uh, well, I was, I'm not saying that I'm laying all the blame on your no, shoulders, no, no. you know, cool. but it just seems, it just seems, and I'm being very generalist here, it just mm-hmm. seems like the CFO usually is the person with uh, you know, the, 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 no stamp, you know, no, we can't do this. No, we can't do that. And, and so, so, or what is the reason why, why do these collaborations fail? Cool. So it's, it's good because you gave me a, an idea here. Um, I think the first thing is uh, I'm going to ask for a bit of uh, empathy towards your finance colleagues and CFOs. Uh, in the end, resources are, are not infinite. Um, yes. And as companies, we need to make choices of uh, what are the investments and the uh, resource allocation that we're going to do and ensure they drive, we maximize impact um, for, in my industry, we'll be ensuring that uh, we reach as many patients as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so a bit of empathy first, uh, we can't just be out there saying yes to everything. No. We call, it's it's commercial enterprise, right? These Correct. are commercial enterprises that have, a, a, you know, one goal in mind or a couple yeah. of goals in mind. I, you know, before you continue, I was going to say, maybe it's probably siloed mentality to mm-hmm. some degree, which is another way of you saying empathy. You know, maybe mm-hmm. people see things within their own square meter, you know, to some yeah. degree, and they don't see things with the wider lens that you can have. Yeah. And, and so I think we need to actually spend time... Uh, Breaking these silos, right? Uh, yeah. I heard somebody a while back saying opening uh, small windows in our silos to look at uh, what's on the uh, other silo next to us, yeah. um, and and creating that uh, common purpose of of why we're we're doing things and why it's important for for us to collaborate. If you think about our discussion on sustainability before, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the purpose is much broader than uh, than our corporation, right? Uh, and therefore, creating that common purpose is is one thing that uh, sometimes is mm. not there. And taking yeah. the time to do this is critical. Um, I think yeah, silos also create uh, then lack of trust. Um, yeah. I think I don't know if you ever, uh, if not, I recommend the TED talk by Francis Fry uh, on the trust triangle. Yeah. Uh, really, really interesting. Really recommend uh, on how to uh, create and rebuild trust um, between individuals and organizations. And then, yeah, I think back to your silo comment, um, taking the time to know each other. Um, I think uh, until we, we do that, it's very difficult at an individual level, functional level, to know what you're bringing to the table and how you can solve a common problem. It's, it's about working together, confronting issues and solving problems rather than confronting each other. Right? Do, do you know, I'm going to say something else, which is I, my background is I have always had a career in sales. As you could probably tell, I like to talk. I'm a good, you know, <laughs> I'm a good salesperson. I've been selling since I was like a baby. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of the problems that people make when approaching finance is to pitch things because really it's a pitch when they come to you to ask for money. It's mm-hmm. a pitch without explaining the business benefits Mm-hmm. of of certain activities and this goes from everywhere from supply chain leaders to even the consultants and technology providers it's as though they sell features and not necessarily the wider business benefits do you think that there's some benefit here to having people coming to you for money understand the you know the wider business benefits that of what they're trying to sell yeah i yeah, know i love that uh, actually also uh, um the words that we use and the language that we use, right? I mean, I'm involved in a lot of discussions, for example, with our uh, environmental sustainability group. Mm-hmm. Their KPIs and so on different from what I'm, I'm, I'm used to. I had to learn that. So talking about the yeah. uh, empathy, the other way around, I had to invest time there also to understand their language. And I think all the functions yeah. should do a bit of that. Um, to your point, uh, I think um, what I would say is very often, uh, I see people that fall in love with uh, the solution that they're trying to mm-hmm. sell to you and not necessarily the business problem behind it. And, and you know, as a CFO, when you have to make an investment decision, we are talking about resource allocation before, um, it's a lot easier um, when you have an investment where which is tagged against a business problem that you're trying to solve to yeah. then translate that in potential value for the company. And sometimes it might not even be hard dollar numbers. But tagging what you're proposing to a, a business problem uh, is really, really uh, critical because then it allows the CFO to translate that into what's the potential value and helping you there. Um, it's virtually impossible otherwise. And, and maybe the thing that gets in the way also is um, involve your finance colleagues earlier uh, mm-hmm. in that dialogue, right? About what's the business problem? What are you trying to solve? Uh, don't just uh, think about it as a target that need to rubber stamp a proposal at, uh, at the end um, and, and try to uh, co-develop more and also establish guardrails because sometimes you go down uh, too far down a, a path and then realize that uh, it's never going to work with your finance colleagues, right? Well, I think I was just, that's what I was going to ask you. What are, what are the do's and don'ts about pitching, you know, new capabilities or driving transformation to finance? And you've given us get finance involved earlier, you know, mm-hmm. establish partnerships and try to marry this to a problem that you're trying to solve as opposed yeah. to just getting so sucked into an idea. I mean, I, I feel sometimes that 
um, that in supply chain, we get so excited about new technology and um, also keeping up with other people, you know, keeping up with what other companies are doing, which is also very valuable to finance because they're, you know, having sort of brand equity and having a, a competitive advantage is something that's extremely valuable to finance as well. May not be hard or quantifiable, but it certainly is very valuable. But I think, are there any I, other tips that you can give? Yeah, if I can add uh, to these two, um, I think nobody can predict the, the future, right? So when we yeah. pitch things, um, we also need to be clear about what are our assumptions. Um, yeah. Because we know that we're going to get a few wrong and mm -hmm. we want to be able to have uh, early flags to detect if we need to course correct and so on. There is not, nothing that makes the CFO more nervous than being asked for a blank check. Yes. And uh, I think uh, I'm usually, again, back to the trust is, is people taking accountability, ensuring that we have like checkpoints to ensure that we're on track to, uh, to deliver, um, being able to course correcting and, I've and, got and another sometimes one. just recognizing got, that it's not going to work. And I've got another one for you. The unforeseen circumstances scenario, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. the, the fact Talk that, about the, that. The, yeah, we're, the fact that COVID it's sort of like long. this project, this project is going to cost X, right, is what you probably mm -hmm. get pitching you. This project is going to cost X. You're probably thinking, but what happens if this happens? What are the additional costs on top of that? Because yeah. that's one of the other reasons why transformation projects fail is because there's so many unforeseen scenarios that end up costing a lot more that then companies decide to abandon uh, and, and course correct. Would you agree to that? Yeah. And I think in a way you need to influence your CFO to start thinking about uh, what is it going to take for this to work versus what is it going to take for this to fail? I think it's yeah. int interesting to look at both angles always to make sure that you've got the right solution. But again, we're in a complex world where nobody has all of the answers and, and no. um, having a bit of uh, experimenting in there is, is something that we all need to, uh, to learn to do. But again, laying out these, uh, these assumptions and, and, uh, and yeah, trying to, uh, to have things that allow you to course correct when there's unforeseen events, as you said, is important. One of the biggest things that most leaders are faced with is managing the present whilst building the future. Right. How do you see that from a finance perspective? You know, the day to day operational costs and uh, in line with the business strategies, as well as investing in a, in an unknown future. You make me think about a, an image I, I read about and I found really uh, telling. Um, it's uh, like you're um, captain of a boat. Right. And you're in that huge storm and there's massive waves coming at you. And if you only think about the wave you've got in front of you, you're gonna potentially uh, lose your course and your your mm -hmm. your direction, right? And so I think always having that uh, longer term purpose and and objective and laying it out for the organization is really critical. Not only tackling the uh, the waves that are coming at yeah. you. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Um, so. Can we move a little bit to another passion of yours, which is sustainability, but you, mm -hmm. you just talked about. Um, what is your, what is finance's stance on it? I mean, it, I, I'm asking, it's almost as though you're like this creature that we've brought into the supply chain <laughs> world that we don't know what it is. We're all investigating what you are, putting you under a microscope. Tell us all about you. Um, finance, you, you know, what, what is, what is the financial stance on sustainability? There's various camps, uh, uh, 
but I, I'll, maybe before I, I get there, I think I'm just going to recognize it's not that easy to get yeah. a CFO excited with the return on sustainability uh, and, and investments there. And sometimes it's not even possible. We shouldn't even try. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually a waste of, uh, of time and energy. Um, and I think I've been lucky because at Novartis, um, associates in finance have the opportunity to get involved in a, in a number of uh, sustainability areas. The environmental sustainability group is part of the organization I, I support. Um, and we're able to contribute to, uh, to many projects uh, in, in that field. Uh, we're driving things like uh, um, uh, measuring uh, sustainability and PV and things like that, kind of changing the, the, yeah. the way we, uh, we measure things and make investment decisions in concrete projects around uh, green energy and investments in that field. So I've been lucky to be very exposed. And so the result of that is I'm in the camp of, uh, of um, and maybe it's also because I'm in the healthcare industry, but in the camp of those that believe that uh, companies have a responsibility beyond returning cash to uh, to shareholders. And, and again, as a CFO, I don't want to demonize that because yeah. I don't know if you know, but our largest shareholder is actually a pension fund. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. there's a, a good purpose to that. Uh, and uh, But as a, as a company that wants to reimagine medicine to uh, improve and extend people's lives, I think it's very difficult to dissociate uh, human health from planet health and, and yeah. biodiversity, for example. So um, I mean, I'm in the camp that uh, believes that we, we need to, to do this, right? So it's easier to convince me on sustainability. But I also um, know many of my colleagues are in the camp of people that are driven by risk aversion. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look at uh, potentially the, the future cost of uh, offsetting carbon, yeah. uh, be, uh, I don't know how many fold what it is today for sure. Uh, the regulatory environment will change. Uh, governments will be more demanding. Uh, we might have taxes. The ability to do business with companies that will simply be more demanding also on standards on sustainability and so on. I think there's a number of risks uh, that we need to manage. And so a lot of CFOs obviously have that risk uh, gene that uh, that triggers yes. them to then look at sustainability at a different angle. Just need to, again, spend the time to figure out what uh, type of CFO you have in, in front of you. But, but, but you know what? But what you said was absolutely correct. I think maybe the problem is that people try to think that they need to pitch the CFO on a cost saving angle. When in reality, that's pretty much not really the, the, the that's not really possible. So, it's it's understanding what type of CFO you have and looking at you know what's the best way to pitch this and what problem you're trying to solve. Yep. Um, can, can we talk a little bit about the pandemic? You know, uh, it, it this has really been hard for a lot of companies because it's so much disruption and unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, this is more of a general question, in your opinion. Do you think that the world is going to go back to 2019 or businesses are going to go back to 2019 practices or have we learned from this pandemic to to operate in a world of disruption so i don't know mm-hmm. i think uh, we all have in particular business leaders to look at uh, what we've learned and what we would like to retain uh, from the yeah. practices that we adopted during the uh, the pandemic. But I think we're going to have to be intentional about it and take action to ensure that we sustain some of the good practices. Um, frankly, in certain aspects, I can't wait to go back to 2019 model. I mean, we'd love to do this face-to-face, mm-hmm. for example, with uh, a coffee mm-hmm. or a drink. Um, yeah. The social side of things have been really, really uh, difficult uh, for me. 
Um, but I think on the other hand, uh, if I think about uh, also my personal life with my family, I'm not looking forward to going back to uh, traveling extensively uh, as I mm. was before. Mm. Um, but the opportunities are there to, mm -hmm. for example, look at uh, antiquated, rigid models of us, you know, all having to be in an office nine to five, uh, you know, or <laughs> things that fall in line with sustainability, like traveling 24 yeah. seven, you know, going... It uh, th those things are going to change, aren't they? You know, in my uh, in my scope uh, of work, I also have all of the real estate, right? And the discussions we're yes. having about uh, working models of the future, what our employees will need, moving mo from offices that are sitting and meeting space to um, offices that are collaboration and socializing spaces yes. uh, yeah. is big in our agendas. A number of things there are super exciting about what we can retain for the future. Uh, I hope a lot of uh, uh, more senior leaders uh, have realized that they can trust their employees to be as engaged and as productive yeah. as they were in the office, sometimes even more. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, tons of, uh, of learnings. Uh, I think, though, as I said, we, we're going to have to be intentional about retaining some of this. If not, uh, as humans, we tend to go back to our habits. Now let's talk a little bit about the state of the world today. I mean, all you have to do is take a look at the news and, and all you hear about is supply chain. You know, you hear about supply chain uh, sh shortages in, in labor, you know, causing problems with distribution, uh, manufacturing. Uh, you hear about climate change, climate disasters around the world. It seems as though we are in a pretty, I, I don't know, well, just to put it mildly, a disruptive era. Um, if, if I can, uh, yeah. if I, I get, uh, I think, uh, interestingly enough, I think for the the pharma industry uh, in particular, COVID was a moment of realization. I think many of many companies were relying on single source uh, suppliers, uh, and so when China closed at the very beginning of COVID, it was uh, panic. Um, and many countries have been looking also at uh, where uh, are we producing antibiotics and, yeah. and so on. So I think um, the supply chain for only efficiency, margin improvement and, and so on versus operational stability of this world, let's say, yeah. and, and healthcare improvements kind of rebalanced by, by the crisis. Well, you know, I was going to say that if I look back to some of the podcasts I did at the beginning of this pandemic, I remember talking to people and saying, do you think we have an opportunity to emerge from the pandemic with a, a more sustainable business model, a supply chain that isn't just financially driven or driven for metrics, which this is where you you start to go, ah, no, I don't want to hear that. Uh, and But a supply chain that is more driven to solve problems, to become resilient, to become agile. I mean, finance surely must be on board with that kind of thing as well. It, it, it's half, you have to be for the survival of your business, right? Yeah. Oh, if, if you think about uh, some of the risks I mentioned before, um, I think, uh, yes, it's not cost saving today, but it's cost avoidance for the future. It's even the pure ability to do business. I, I, I tell you, we're going to be, as novelties, we're going to be a lot tougher on our mm -hmm. uh, vendors, uh, sustainability agenda and ESG agenda overall. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as finance, we also have to recognize that um, there is more than just the cost of, of supply chain. There is uh, the cost we have through the impact we have on, on society, on, on, on the planet and so on. I think we just need to expand a little bit our traditional yeah. view of the, of the P&L. Yeah, I, you know, I think that that is music to the ears of most supply chain people. Um, 
let's talk a little bit about the ecosystem thing that you're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. if, tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, what, what's your vision on that? I, I think uh, back to uh, what we learned during uh, the pandemic, I think you've seen a level of collaboration in the pharma industry that was unprecedented. Um, yeah. We have companies that have been putting manufacturing capacity at the disposal of other, other companies to ensure that we reach uh, and we produce as many vaccines as possible. Um, and, and, uh, and clearly, um, we're in a world where com- competition is going to be replaced by, by something else uh, with a lot more collaboration in it can create new uh, new solutions. So we're trying to bring um, all of uh, different partners together and, and again, uh, directing all of that to, uh, to business and healthcare problems. I love that. So flexing the traditional business models to mm. create a more collaborative way of working to drive the same goals. I mean, everybody's mm. at, trying to do the same thing, right? Now, for finance, it takes a bit of a leap of faith, though. Uh, I yeah. have to tell you, I think the, the people had to test with me how much we would be willing to invest without knowing returns, without having business cases and so on. Oh. <laughs> did you did you break out into any kind of allergy when they said that to you? I mean, are you are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm okay. I'm okay. I survived <laughs> that. Um, and in the end, when you think about it, relatively minor. But what we did uh, put focus on was, guys, make sure that um, um, typical, but learn fast, move on. Don't fall. I mentioned it before. Don't fall in love with the solutions that you see. Um, think, fall in love with the problem that you're trying to solve. Um, you have this level of investment, make, be choiceful, uh, trash projects that don't work very, very quickly and, and mm-hmm. move on to the, to the next thing. Um, and the other thing we, we, we did is um, don't try to, uh, to scale yourselves, uh, try to, uh, to pass on then uh, whatever you ex- your experiment uh, outcome was to, to the operational organization that we, we, we lead so that you can scale it up because that takes a different level of investment. So we, we created that space where uh, it was investment uh, and resources in terms of people as well to, to experiment and, and, um, and fail uh, at a relatively low cost. And uh, we already have like two, three uh, experiments that we've been able to, uh, to scale and they're having uh, already actual returns. But we didn't stop them. If, I, if we had to put a return number at the start of the project, we would not have been able to. And we would probably have stopped or not started yeah. the, the program earlier. So a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And I think a that's bit. a message a little bit more for the finance team. But, but like you said at the beginning, having some empathy and also bringing the finance team into the conversations with, uh, you know, a, around these projects. But also, like I said, learning to pitch the CFO, you know, really understanding the business benefits and of what you're trying to, or the business value of what you're trying to pitch and what problem you're trying to solve. Right. So what is the biggest misconception about finance that you think everyone has? Yeah, I I think uh, the uh, boring number crunching uh, type image that sticks to the finance function. Um, I myself been in, in business roles and in finance roles. Um, and I've always uh, thought about myself as a business person who, who brings a finance knowledge to the table, mm. um, not, not as a finance person first. Um, and again, I think we can say the same for procurement people and supply chain people. And I, back to ecosystems, solving problems together and so on. I think 
when when we know that we have that in common, right? And and yeah. uh, and that we all bring different skills. And again, we need to take the time to understand the different skills that the different functions bring to the table. I think it becomes a lot easier to solve some of the uh, problems that we're trying to solve. Fred, that's all the time that we've got. I want to thank you for sharing your insight with us. This has really been a great conversation. I hope it serves value to, you know, it gives value to a lot of people that probably have some difficulty getting buy-in from the finance function. I hope so. I hope so. Looking forward to, uh, to hearing more about that. And thank you great. again for Fred, thanks for so much me. for joining us. Thank you, Maria. Thanks for joining us today at Transform Talks. I hope you found this valuable. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. I'll see you at the next one.